0: Compass and Clock. I'm your host, Mary Copeland. This infotainment podcast explores how to live your best life now and well into retirement. We'll discuss topics in financial planning, housing, and insurance. We'll talk wellness, relationships, and leisure activities. A full, active life requires planning for your goals and preparing for the unexpected. I'll introduce you to a variety of guests from knowledgeable experts to folks sharing stories of their life experiences and so much more because life is big. All is intended to help guide you in planning for what you need now at any age. Like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Today, my guest is Richard Tizano. I've known Richard for the last 15 years. And after working together for most of this time today, he is retiring. Technically, it's Tuesday. Richard has specialized in elder law and estate planning for over 20 years, and a few years ago, he took his decades of experience and wrote Accidental Safari, a guide for navigating the challenges that come with aging. Today, I thought it would be fitting to talk with Richard about his life journey. Since the age of 12, he has strived to help others, from a family member to his community and neighbors, his clients, and so many more. We'll talk a little bit about the wheel family, health, housing, financial, legal guidance, along with Richard's retirement plan and how he implemented these cogs on the wheel for his own road ahead. Richard, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Mary. It's a pleasure to be with you again.
0: Yes, it's it's been a while that we've done one of the um, interviews together, and I just thought with your retirement looming, um, it would just be wonderful to... Um, you know, discuss with everybody, you know, an actual um, journey for somebody. So I'm just going to jump in with my questions for you today. Sure. And the first one is What was the trigger that made you want to serve others over the course of your life?
1: Well, I think it, it, it started, as you said, when I was 12 years old. My um, mother had a stroke and became paralyzed. And I was an only child. So my dad and I had to care for her and provide be um, there for her it changed just my whole perspective of how I looked at life I was you know a self-centered junior high school kid and then um, all of a sudden I realized gee there's pain in the world and that uh, I want to be part of the problem or part of the answer and um, so I just you know almost immediately refocused and uh, I learned to get a lot of gratification out of helping my mom and, and uh, it, it just Changed the course of my life, and then uh, many years later, my mom had passed away, and my dad uh, was in his mid eighties, and he ended up uh, needing long-term care himself, going into a nursing home, and and I had to figure that out. I was an attorney doing estate planning, and and I realized in helping him navigate that that gee, I didn't really know how the system worked, and I had it was hard to figure it out, and I, I realized my clients if they live long enough, they're gonna be facing stuff like this and I need to begin to inform them and tell them what the options are and help them incorporate a plan into their estate planning. And so, um, and that was 25 years ago with my dad. And so that's really why my uh, estate planning practice has taken that focus.
0: Wow. So from 12 years old till now, to retirement. You still um, have been working and serving others every day when you wake up. You're just, you're an inspiration, Richard. Um, I mentioned the wheel before. Can you share with us what you mean when you refer to the wheel and how does it play a role in someone's retirement planning? Well,
1: estate planning is more than just uh, what do I want to have happen with myself when I die and who do I want to manage that? you know, there's so many facets to that. And that's really what we have based um, our information and teaching and seminars on that we've, you and I have done and others, um, is helping people to understand the place that uh, your family has in that planning and how important that is. And uh, they need to be prepared because life could take a A sudden turn and you find yourself on that accidental safari, whether it's an accident or a major health issue um, or a long term diagnosis for a long term issue, health issue. And that health problem typically then leads to some kind of housing change. You know, either you have to go into care or you need some assistance at home or and uh, that change changes your budget. You have to start, you know, paying for things you've never had to pay for before that event happened. And then eventually, uh, if you live long enough, you die, right? And so, what happens then? And that's really where the other nuts and bolts part of estate planning comes in. But all of those things are uh, fit together uh, in the wheel, so to speak. And I think in the spoke of your wheel are those people who walk you through that, whether it's your estate planning attorney, your finance person, your minister, rabbi, your um, doctor. All of those people are important. It's helpful if they can communicate together. They don't necessarily have to, but uh, understanding what the ingredients are uh, to get those spokes all connected is important. And that's really part of what the book um, talks about, tells my story, the story of many of my clients, and uh, helps people to get their arms around what, what those issues are.
0: So um, when you talk about the wheel, we're talking about financial planning, legal guidance, housing, healthcare, and family. And we wanna throw into this recipe too, let's not forget leisure activities and socialization. All of this um, makes this, all these ingredients make a great recipe for um, a successful um, retirement plan. And, and, and journey and enjoying it because the reality of, of it is, is we were meant to enjoy life, right? You know, it, it's not about mm-hmm. um, growing old, retiring, sitting in a reclining chair and um, dying one day. So w- when, when I say the word retiring, I'm wondering how does it feel for you? Because you're actually retiring and people talk about when I retire, when I retire, but you're actually doing it, it's next week. How does that feel? Right.
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting, you know. People, uh, I, I've certainly let it be known I'm, I'm retiring, and I and I get uh, I've gotten a lot of clients over the last few months, and that's the big question: well, What are you going to do? And I don't really have my arms around this retirement thing very very much. Um, I have some ideas of things I might want to do, but I feel like I've been running a marathon to get um, my business in order to in an order where it can be transferred to my partners and. And so I haven't really spent a lot of time focusing. There's been a few uh, aha moments. Um, one was uh, just recently when I got my, uh, my next to last paycheck. <laughs> and I realized, well, gee, I'm not going to get this anymore. So how is this going to work? And, uh, you know, it, it, you, you look at your savings and, and all a lot differently from that perspective you know, when all of a sudden you realize that that the major income that you've had for years is is suddenly going to go away. And how is what you have left going to provide for you or affect your lifestyle? And so it, it really kind of put me on the other side of the table because I've been counseling retirees for 20 years. And, uh, now that I, I are one, I have a different perspective and it's not that I would have you know advised them any differently. Uh, as a matter of fact, about, uh, six, eight months, a year ago, I I told my friends that, uh, gee, I wish I could meet somebody like me who could tell me really how to go through this, because um, the perspective is a little different when you're going through it yourself. It's like the forest and the trees kind of thing, and so it's easy for me. I could sit at the table, and people can tell me their story, and the next steps they need to take that would be helpful to them, and would open doors for them, and it's kind of obvious to me and it's easy for me to su- suggest that they might look into this or do that or, or save some money to take care of this later on, whatever. Um, but when, when it was me, it was like I can't really see see the road ahead clearly for myself, nearly as clearly as I could see it for them. So that was that was amusing to me. So that was one thing. Another one was I was visiting um, these friends of mine in, in Florida and he's retired about three years. And so we, we did some fun things uh, for about four or five days, you know, very active, moving, doing things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were just hanging out at his house. And uh, after lunch, he sat down and was watching afternoon TV. And I thought, well, I'm not going to watch it. You know, so, so I went out and got in his golf cart and drove around in just the neighborhood and just did some things. And I came back and he was still there. And so uh, I said, well, I'm going for a walk. And so my wife was there. We went for a walk. And. My thought all the time was, I'm not spending my retirement watching afternoon TV. So I got to figure this out. And so what it's going to be so it's going to be an interesting journey because, um, you know. Oh, and one more thing. So um, we were looking at um, at um, uh, purchasing a used RV, and so I had a client who um, had one for sale, and so I went to see the client. And I can remember about. 13 years ago, he came by my office to show me this new uh, camper van that he got. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was real excited, it was beautiful. And he's he's a client, so I've talked to him over the years. And then recently I was talking to him and he told me that they're ready to sell their camper van. And so I said, oh, I'd love to come and see it. And so I go to his house and see him. So, so he's he and his wife, they're in their late 80s. And he said, well, you know, I can't drive it anymore. or or we're not using it and haven't used it for about a year and a half. And, uh, and, and so he, he, it was beautiful. And and we actually did end up buying it, but then he also had this, this Jeep that his Jeep he was selling. And he had these two beautiful kayaks with the rack on top of the Jeep and and they all went together. And so I, I said to Gloria, I said, this is like looking at our future, you know, 15 years from now, Said, so this is going to be us downloading all of the things, the fun things that we thought we wanted to do or put together for our retirement. You know, at some point, you just can't do it all anymore. And then at some point, you can't do hardly anything anymore, right? So you got to squeeze it in and you got to make it work. But um, anyway, so those were a couple of, of aha moments in uh, this is retirement and get your arms around it and keep moving, kind of thing.
0: So, um, I I want to see the camper van. So you'll have to show that to me when, when I'm back in town. Um, so you're physically, you're actually going to retire, but tell us, when did you start planning for your retirement and how did you go about it? Because this is valuable information right there. Right.
1: So, so the job was a big thing. You know, I, I, I love what I have have done and helping people. And that's been uh, uh, great joy, great gratification for me. And then we have the family, and we have ado- we adopted some kids in our fifties. And when you're 50, you think you're going to live forever. And so here we had these little kids, and and uh, I realized I wasn't going to. They weren't going to be graduating from high school till I was 70. And so um, that was kind of a target. Has always been kind of the target date when I'll probably work because I'll need to be around the house for them until that time. And so last June, um, the last two graduated and we, we were working toward kind of that date and we talked to a realtor probably a couple years ago about our house and selling our house and what things we might need to do to uh, spruce it up and so we started doing that and COVID you know there that kind of helped because you were stuck at the house and so there we were and and uh, the kids were still around, so they helped with a lot of that stuff and uh, the outside and the cleanup and the whatever painting and. <clears throat> and so the house start took that amount of time. And I have clients all the time tell me, you know, I've been in the house for forty years, and mm-hmm. and I tell them, oh, it's going to take a lot of time to clean that up, you know. And we we we've rented one of those big dumpsters and it's made an unnumber innumerable trips to Goodwill and, you know. And, and downsize we did sell our house uh, this summer and we downsized to a, a small two-bedroom townhouse and so even then we had to uh, put what we couldn't fit in the townhouse in a 10 by 20 and then uh, just it was a big day about a month ago we moved from the 10 by 20 to a 10 by 10 because we're sifting through the stuff and <laughs> we got to handle all that stuff and so it's a process and you have to be prepared for the process i tell the story in my book about a couple that came in and and they had the, the, the gentleman farm, you know, the five acres, and they'd been on there for 25 years, and and now the fences were falling down and the blackberries were kind of taken over, and they needed to be out, and we talked about that, and they all agreed, yeah, they both agreed, This we should be preparing ourselves to move on, and and uh, that uh, they should move either into town, into a small place, or maybe even consider assisted living, and and I I thought that we had them you know, really focused. And then the other shoe dropped and uh, she said, yeah, we, I know we should do that, but we have our dog and the dog loves yeah. the, you know, the place and we can't move without, you know, and we talked about it some more and Fido won out. And so we did an estate plan where they were going to stay where they were, but you know, you have those issues. If something happened to one of them, you know, it, it's, it's almost an unimaginable task for both of them to figure out how to extricate themselves from this house but what would it be like if one of you gets sick and then you're going to the nursing home every day to visit your loved one, how in the world are you going to get this, you know, move on? And so they resigned themselves to the fact they wouldn't, you know, and their kids would have the privilege of, I guess, you know, taking care of all that stuff. But, uh, and, and I had just, this last week I had a couple, which was, it was the exact same scenario. You know, they acknowledged they needed to do all these things. And then there was the issue that the, assisted living facility they were looking at didn't take large dogs. And so they just were not going to make the move. And they were just going to wait till the circumstances forced them to have to do something else. And so I've always encouraged people, told them I have a lot of respect for people who have the courage to recognize, okay, I need to take the next step in life, move on to the next phase and are willing to do that. So God bless them, you know, if they are able to do that and have the courage to do that and uh, so that was the plan and we have managed to stick with the plan yeah. so far uh, and, and I guess plan. my plan took it took me to here now I'm yeah. not quite sure where the, the next step I haven't done a lot of planning for I probably should have done more.
0: but I honestly think your plan started um, many years ago because the townhouse you're living in you bought at least 10 years ago well, so that's true you, you had that well, idea back then that hey, we'll buy this now. It'll be an investment property because we'll rent it out. And then when we sell our house, we can downsize into this. So your plan I, started. A well, lot that cost. just kind of
1: worked out. You know, I, I when we bought it, we did look at it as a good investment and it was a oh. rental property we had. And as it turned out, we moved into it. I, I, I don't know that that was really part of the calculation, um, but it it
0: certainly worked out well, yeah. Well, it was part of the calculation and the fact that you bought it as an investment, so that added to your retirement um, fund, so to speak, right? Right. um, Do you have some advice for our listeners as it pertains to aging and planning for their retirement? What kind of advice would you give them?
1: Well, I would encourage people to um, talk to people who are in the retirement business, whether it's an elder law attorney or an investment person who's you know, been around a while and is, has counseled a lot of um, people going through that. Talk to your friends who have retired and um, hear their stories. Buy my book that has a lot of stories in it. You know, get information um, and it's really never too late if you say, oh man, we, I should do that or what can I do That you know, maybe I should have done that five years ago. But what can I do now to maybe cushion or enhance that area, and um, you know, get some advice, get a lot of input from people you trust.
0: I'm going to ask you a different question, but kind of the same. Okay. You know, because the way you answered it, it sounds like it's um, folks that are. 50, 60 and older. So what type of tips would you have for people that are younger in their thirties and forties when it comes to giving them advice on planning for their retirement? Cause it really should be starting the sooner rather than later from what I'm understanding.
1: Well, absolutely. Yeah, I, <clears throat> and it's, um, read some books from people who, who, um, or talking about how to be successful in certain areas. You know, I like, for the financial part, I like Dave Rams. you know, his perspective is you don't want to be in debt, that is bad, so try to be out of debt, pay your, you know, and, and save and, and pay yourself and, and give. And um, so do some reading, saving, you know, is, is helpful, it's important. And, um, you know, some people, they they, jump out of the airplane and, and they have the capability of building the parachute on the way down. And I have had some clients and they, everything they, they touch kind of works out. And that's a great perspective. And, and, um, but you have to be a realist and you can't count on grandpa's inheritance and you need to um, work hard. You need to help others who are a little bit ahead of you and a little bit behind you and learn from their um, good luck and their positive efforts and learn from their mistakes and laugh along the way and be generous with those you love and those in need. And uh, life is really not just the dollars, it's it's what you make it. And uh, the family helps you do that. And if you don't have family, just go with, um, New neighbors, right? You go up and down the block and invite people to spend Christmas with you.
0: (laughs) Nice. Um, I just have, we have time for one more question. So I want to talk about Accidental Safari. You wrote that book back in 2017. I've read Mm -hmm. the book. It made me laugh. It made me cry. It was great advice. But what prompted you to write the book? And are you writing a follow-up in your retirement? Um,
1: well, we, we were doing those seminars for years and I, w- I kept saying all of those tidbits of truth. And it was obvious to me that there were people who didn't come to the seminar who maybe would like to have, and, mm-hmm. and some who didn't want to, but they still needed the information. And so I was compelled to write the book. It took me to, uh, a year and a half to write many, many early mornings, um, get up before the kids and the work and, um, but I, I was compelled, you know. I would wake up at five and I, for some, some reason I got up and I did it. But um, so that, that was what compelled me is to get the story out, to get the information out so people recognize that there are things I can be doing now, that this, this is likely ahead. It's not like everybody's life is on an accidental safari. You know, I'm about ready to go on an, an intentional safari here. And um maybe I'll write a book about an intentional safari and then uh, that will be the prequel.
0: Well, maybe you'll start on that um in your first six to twelve months of retirement because right. you're looking for some things to definitely do in the afternoon, you said. <laughs> right.
1: Talk right. about uh, so. not the pitfalls, but just the the options and, and and even that's what I talk about in this book, the accidental safari. What are the options? Because so many people I meet are frozen. They they want to help their loved one or they're the person in need and they don't know what the options are. And so they don't they're, they're scared to make a decision because they're so concerned it's going to be the wrong decision. And so part of what my mission has been is to let people know, look, these are the choices and choose. This is all they really are. So choose from one of these. You're going to be OK. I mean, Maybe they, they, they all don't look good to you, but but don't worry that you're missing the obvious utopia answer, because in this situation, there really isn't one, or, or in this situation, this is all there are, and so, so that's what I tried to present in the book. I, I tried to be comprehensive in, in the different issues, and much like when we talked about housing in there, these are the housing options, and so choose from those options, and, and don't think, oh, I can't, I can't commit to going into this facility or doing this, because there might be some. I tried to be very comprehensive, and And I've had other professionals tell me that that's what it is. It's very comprehensive.
0: Well, I'd have to say um, your years of um, dedication to the community from starting at the young age of 12, helping your mom. I know you were a pastor for a while. You've been a mentor to me. Um, You've helped all your thousands of clients over the decades. Um, I just... I'm so grateful for our friendship and 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 the fact that you wanted to spend some time with me today because I really felt this was a human interest um, story of yours to share with others. So I just personally want to say thank you for sharing with us today and educating folks today. And I know you're going to plan to do that while you're still in retirement, but um, thank you, Richard, for joining me today. And I do want to say to our listeners, um, Thank you for joining us. And if you want to get a copy of Richard's Accidental Safari book, Richard, where would you send them?
1: Uh, and they're, if they're in they can stop by my law office. But probably the, the easiest place is to get it on Amazon.
0: Amazon.com. Uh, there's, there's okay. Also,
1: there's a excuse me. There's also, there's a link from um,
0: AccidentalSafari.com. They can go there as well. Okay, perfect. Well, Richard, enjoy your retirement. I will, of course, continue to stay in communication with you, and I'll visit with you soon. But everybody, have a happy holiday, and um, we'll be with you next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.